0: What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to episode 11 of Bala's Lives In The Paint podcast. Here you have with you Devin Oogland and co-host Ronnie Flores. Uh, Ronnie, you just flew back in from Vegas to the LAOC area, which is uh, a
1: wet one. How, how was the drive-in, man? Um, everything's pretty good. You know, it's kind of a, a laid-back week, I guess, with the Super Bowl being done and you know we haven't hit march madness i don't i don't think teams have reported for baseball right Uh, i wouldn't i wouldn't be able to tell you that man (laughs) all
0: i know is when the first game starts and people start tweeting about it i don't follow baseball all that too
1: much gotcha so then you got you know obviously nba is kind of winding down its first first half so it was kind of a slow weekend so i wanted to get away and get ready for this upcoming uh stretch run for the playoffs obviously we have a lot to cover in this in the paint episode Uh, we're gonna talk a little bit about NBA break, uh, the best high school players, and I guess we'll, we'll finish it with with the uh, local playoffs. And, you know, we're obviously going to end at the state championships in California, the 8th and 9th. We've talked about it before. It's uh, ending a few weeks early. So we're just going to see how this goes. You know, what what happens? There's some spring leagues that we can start watching. You know, or people are going to just take a couple weeks off, get ready for this whole brand new live period where there's yeah. not much live. But, no. you know, so we're, we're going to see what, how it all transpires is going to be a new spring. So looking forward to it. So Devin, let's get into the, your probing topic. Yeah. Probing topic this week, uh, this
0: episode, excuse me, episode 11 is the NBA all-star weekend. Uh, we've finally reached, I guess the halfway point is, is what they refer to it as, uh, in the NBA season. And now there's about a week long break where, you know, the best players go play an all-star weekend. Um, it's the second year of the format, uh, of the non-East versus West format. This year it's Team LeBron and Team Giannis were the team captains, and they selected their uh, players from a pool, uh, which were kind of voted on by fans, uh, fellow players, and coaching staffs to be put into that pool. And then Giannis and LeBron did a, a TV televised draft of players and so let's just look at the, the starters for Team LeBron first. Uh, it's LeBron, obviously James Harden, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and Kawhi Leonard. Team Giannis starters: Giannis, obviously uh, Steph Curry, Joel Embiid, Paul George, and Kemba Walker. Ronnie, what, what, what are your thoughts? You've seen a lot of All Star games. You've seen, you know, when they were great. You've seen when they were bad. You've seen sure. kind of the change and how everything's gone about uh with the new era of the NBA. What are your thoughts on the new makeup of the All Star Weekend as far as the game and
1: selection process goes? Well, I I think overall, you know, the games haven't always been great or bad. Yeah, I think it's for the young kids to see the the stars they like in the you know, I'm thinking back to when I was a kid. I wanted to see all the guys in the game. Obviously you had your stay your your staples, you know, the guys that were in there um You know, whether it's Dr. J, Magic, Jordan, they were going to start Bird. And then what I like to see was kind of guys who, okay, that guy made it to the team on the East or the West, whether it's like a Reggie Lewis made it one year. I remember the year before he he passed. I was like, man, that guy's going to be really good. He's going to have a good career. Or sometimes they would reward a veteran. And, um, you know, I think there's been a lot more talk about the guys who are deserving to make it in the last few years. Okay, I think because the East the West – you know, the 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 perception is the West so much stronger, you know, and, you know, this guy wouldn't have made it in the East. So it, it kind of lost its luster, I think, maybe in the last seven to ten years where guys like, well, that guy's been a, you know, a seven time Eastern Conference All-Star. He would have made it once in the West. Right. Some kind of thing where it used to be kind of like, you know, your great player might make the NBA All-Star game ten times. And then you had a few guys that made it, you know, maybe, you know, four to seven times. And then some guys that has a couple good seasons made it a couple of times. So I always looked at it like that, like, you know, there was this guy respected by the fans and the media and that type of thing? And I think now uh, it's more of, obviously, quicker turnarounds, the social media people want to see. I guess last year was the first year Steph and LeBron picked their teams, right. but it wasn't televised. Right. So uh, what did you take, them from social media or from what you saw of it, of the televised part? Was that a slam dunk? Was it uh, just okay? What, was You know what? what It
0: was just okay. I mean, it didn't add anything for me. I I lean more on more the more towards the old school, yeah, way as opposed to the new school way. I'm in that weird age range where it's like people think, you know, I'm a quote unquote millennial or whatnot. But, I mean, with the way I was raised on the game, it's just more. I'm more of an old school kind of basketball mind and what I like to watch. But it's interesting to say. For you to say, like, you like to see the guys that, you know, maybe were borderline all-stars get on the team. And I think there's a couple guys like that this year. A guy like Chris Middleton from Milwaukee. He's wow. on the all-star team. That's that that's cool. That's
1: big for him. That's big for him. Yeah, Nikola Vucevic the, the from uh, Orlando. Yeah, the fans can enjoy these guys because you don't know how many times they're going to be there, you know, and obviously they're not Durant, they're not Kawhi Leonard. So I like to see those type of guys. like D'Angelo
0: Russell, obviously he's on for Victor Oladipo who got injured. but Wow. D'Angelo Russell, That's, I mean, he's a third-year player, and now he's yeah. in the All-Star game. That's and impressive. I,
1: and I like to see that because um, I've always taken the NBA as, you know, obviously you like the great players and yeah. you, you're going to remember, but I like to see, okay, how these guys did as high school players to see, wow, he made the All-Star game. It's kind of like a, a stepping stone mm-hmm. in his career. So I like Victor Depot. Not too many people had him in this top 100. He's a very good player. Went to Damatha, played for a, a great – you know, high school program, yeah. and he's had a great pro career. I mean, he's already he's on the track for, you know, a great pro career. Uh, Same thing with some of these starters I'm looking at for for Giannis' uh, for Greek freak. Kemba Walker, who I talk about, like, because his high school, Rice High School in New York is now closed. Yeah, We've talked about that on the past episodes. Um, Joel Embiid started at Montverde. He wasn't getting much playing time. He didn't know the game well, so he left for his senior year. Their senior year, they had, like, Dakari D- Johnson, who went to Kentucky. Uh, D'Angelo was a junior. Ben Simmons had just joined the team as a sophomore. So it's kind of interesting to look at those guys, and you say, well, Joel won, he didn't know if he was going to start. He was, And now, I, you know, people found out about Joel Embiid, I think, through those uh, Basketball Without Borders. Yeah. And he kind of just blew up from there and then had a pretty good senior year. He wasn't a National Player of the Year player, but he was very good. And he just needed the opportunity. I think Montverde's been so loaded. So that's very interesting because we talked about on the previous episode about D'Angelo getting drafted by the Lakers. He was one of the guys they took number two. Now he's an all-star. Now, like you said, he's borderline. He may not make it every year, and he's obviously replaced somebody. But it's still very interesting. Those are the kind of things I like to look at. So I, I'm, I'm a little bit different than, than you in terms of, like, I don't mind the traditional changing a little bit to – you know of, of the time but i do want to see the the best players but i also want to see those stories where guys deserve it and you know uh we've seen that over the years there hasn't been too many games i, I obviously the one i remember most is the 2001 game you know the, well, the east made a big comebacks uh stefan marber and and uh alan iverson had a great game i think tracy Murray had tracy murray tracy Tracy, shout out tracy he did have a 50 point (laughs) game yeah he did he did you know tracy murray can shoot the thing. but i'm talking about tracy mcgrady they had you know they were a good young nucleus and you said okay maybe the NBA's recovering after this you know kind of jordan was going away and um you know it was good memories but yeah it's it's i I think it's for the young fans to kind of see their players especially on you know they don't Maybe they don't. They can't afford league pass. Or back in the days, you just didn't have the channels, right? So you wanted to see a couple guys that were not on the Lakers or the or the Bulls or the Detroit Pistons, and you got to see them. Like, okay, yeah, he's he's playing pretty well. Here, so here's
0: my thing: year in and year out, now the mm-hmm. games are just 160 to 158 or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Do you, do you watch? The, the All Star Game. I, um, I mean, I'll I'll sit through it for you know yeah. a few minutes and watch it off and on, but I don't I don't you know grab chips and popcorn and sit no. on the couch and watch the game like I used to.
1: No, I think it's more of an entertainment week. I think NBA has done a great job of growing his brand. Uh, I think about ba- the basketball is a little missed there. Like you know, if you're spending money getting a hotel, maybe taking your 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 wife or your girlfriend or your your no, they, kids. they stay at home. Get, yeah, you know to enjoy the All Star weekend. weekend. Yeah, it's a boys' big boys' weekend. <laughs> And I think it's more leaning towards that, you know, kind of a, uh, a social cultural thing. Yeah, and that's fine, you know. But um, yeah. To answer your question, I I uh, on Sundays most of the time I'm either looking stuff up, calling the coach, double checking scores again because I'm looking at everything through the lens of high school. So then I, you know, I do enjoy watching the NBA. But I like to um get ready like about you know when March Madness is over, then I'll kick in and start watching it a little closer. Okay. So it's kind so, of I enjoy it, but. I just like to see what's going on and, and I don't sit there because I'm I'm doing work yeah. usually on a Sunday. So do
0: you on Saturday do you watch the dunk contest and three point yeah. contest? Yeah. I'm I'm more apt to watch those. Yeah, on Saturday. For entertainment factor. Yeah.
1: On Sunday I'm already getting my week started. So, you know, hey coach, did you guys win that game? Was it snowed out? It's the same crap, you know, that's that's high school. That's the high school market. It's not, you know, games get cancelled, they get moved, the gym is rainy, there's a leak. No, we didn't <laughs> make the flight. I mean I gotta sometimes when I'm dealing with the top, you know, fifty to Seventy five teams each week. Sometimes stuff happens, and and uh, I think that's that's the game. You know, that's what the beauty of the high school game. Yeah. It's it's wild. You have to move gyms. We're seeing that here now in 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 Southern California. With, yeah, Aaron Bergen. Yeah, with a- the R- a- Aaron Bergen had yeah. full time dad. Full time dad he's down in San going Diego. ballistic over a gym change like yeah. that's high school basketball right. stuff happens. S- San
0: Diego High had to you know go yeah. twenty twenty miles yeah. what yeah. east to East County San Diego to yeah. play a, a playoff game that they should have played at home. They yeah. won by like 40 points so oh. at the end of the day it didn't really matter just, but uh let's take a look at this this week this weekend's field of dunkers miles bridges obviously a explosive you know two-footed jumper kind of guy uh was at Michigan State Hamdo Diallo explosive athlete uh John Collins from uh, the Atlanta Hawks kind of a, a big guy dunker more of the six nine six ten mold and Dennis wow. Smith jr uh six well, who we all know can six die. four guard yeah. yeah recently traded the New York Knicks. Does does the fact that the NBA superstars don't um, compete in the dunk contest hurt the dunk contest, or does it allow uh, us to get our eyes on you know lesser known guys?
1: I think it hurts it because let's say uh, I uh, agree, John Collins, he's the less known dunker of this group. Sure, yeah. You know, so if he can go up against LeBron or um, you know who else would be Russell Westbrook, uh, a high end dunker, Russell Westbrook. And beat him, or have a great, memorable, you know, kind of dunk off. That mm-hmm. would be good, or even a former champion, Zach Aaron Levine, Gordon, or Aaron Zach Gordon, Levin. right? Yeah, you know, that would be. It would help his. What he's here for to get his name out there to enjoy people to enjoy him. He has the most to gain, but he would gain even more if he was dunking against LeBron. Yeah. So you know, good luck to John Collins. Hope he does well. Uh, Miles Bridges, again, I saw you know at the at the uh, practices for the All Star games, including the Balls Life game. I mean, he could just tear the rim yeah. down. Hamadou Diallo, we saw Pangos camp and others events. Um, Dennis Smith, it's funny, we talk about dunking. And he was at Adidas Nations here in Southern California. He's so explosive. And he got hurt, like, on a dunk attempt right after he fell. He hurt his uh, ACL yeah. that was here. Um, so that those are the kind of, I think, things I I take and remember from when I see these group of players. Where did we first start seeing them? You know, did I know, did I know he was going to be that good? That's really what I watch. Kind of, really kind of, back, I watched kind of backtrack him to their high school yeah. career. Go yeah, on. backtrack him to the high school. Man, I missed that, or I didn't know he was that good, or, you know, he's gotten traded, or he's on the wrong, he's on the wrong team. I think, you know, that's the kind of thing I look at, and I like to see, the, I like to see all the players progress, and you hope they have good, mostly healthy careers. So I'm glad that Dennis has kind of, you know, he's had a rough go there a little bit the last few months in Dallas but I'm glad he's back on the court, you know, yeah. and he's explosive because he was super explosive in high school. So yeah. and that's and a, it has doesn't so seem like he's lost it. No, so.
0: that's a perfect segue into the top high school basketball players, which you are now yeah. tracking with yeah. your Mr. Basketball USA tracker. Yeah. Um, This is a national media poll for the best high school player in the country. It's sent out to 10 members, national media members uh, from yeah. various regions, regions of the United States. Um, those 10 people vote seven players in order. They're number one down to the number seven. And so the number one player receives Get 10, 10 points. points. Correct. So it, it all averages out to, you know, like a 10 see- point
1: must scoring system in boxing. Right. Kind of you give them 10 for the first place guy. So that's 10 points. So in a, in a retrospect, if you're a unanimous player of the year or unanimous on this latest ballot, that'd be a hundred points. points. So you say 90 guys in the range, um, You know, so look for that this uh, upcoming weekend and going into the week, uh, you know, the middle of the month here. uh, Week of the 16th, that would be. Yeah. So you can see it on BallsLife.com. The results will be out. And in the preseason, it was Cole Anthony and Vernon Carey. Um, Right now, Cole for Oak Hill Academy. 18.7 points per game, 9.6 rebounds, 10.1 assists. He's been battling ankle injury. If we we kind of talked about that a little bit? Touched on it. They're twenty three and three. Uh, Oak Hill for Oak Hill standards is not having the season they want. Devin. Yeah. Um They got beat by uh, they got beat by Montverde pretty bad a couple weeks ago. Uh, so we'll see if that hurts his overall Can I see Vernon Carey. He's another guy. They're not having a wow season. Vernon's playing playing well. His Vernon's stats are twenty points per game nine rebounds they're 18 and four within the top 20 but he's not he was last year's national junior of the year but he's not wowing it i think where it's oh, okay vernon's just you know in the driver's seat he's going to be the the national player of the year um so going over that Devin. out you know we i've been doing the tracker part for now 10 years 2008. So this would be the 11th year, I guess. The first year was like Samardo Samuels, Brandon Jennings, uh, John Wall. Actually, one of the voters had been picking John Wall the whole time, and he's still on the panel. He'd been picking John Wall the whole time, and nobody else was picking him. And I go, man, John Wall. You know, he's a junior. Is you know, he's he's from North Carolina. But that was a great pick. Like even though he picked mm-hmm. him at four or five every time, nobody else even had him on the ballot. So that's the kind of things you get familiar with. Guys, who what they like uh what they don't like about a prospect but also some guys take the the team aspect into way more in account other guys are like no i just want to see him as a prospect and then if he's having a good season you know other guys are like no i want his stats yeah you know so what what is your take about that in terms of the high school game because again i've talked about it before and i talked about it just a few minutes ago the high school game it's really hard sometimes to get truly accurate stats that really means something, you know, so I'm, I'm been collecting them and I'm going to go over a few of the other top players here in a few moments, but what's your take Devin on what do you like to see from that type of, uh, an award and prestigious things? Is it just how good are they are? Or do you want, you know, do you take the stats to the heart or, you know, that type of thing? Which... I take everything to into yeah. account. Uh, yeah. you hope yeah. that the
0: coaches at each of these schools keep yeah. stats for their players. Cause sure. It's a good reference for, you know, guys like you guys like me who, who, yeah. who do these types of things and want to know, uh, the overall contribution a guy is making to a team. Yes. And, I mean, here's the thing. If, if you're not winning games and you're you're losing games that yeah. you shouldn't be losing, but you're putting up big numbers, for me that doesn't uh, – you've got to put up hurts big them. numbers and yeah. win games, win big games, win games that maybe you shouldn't win uh, yeah. to be in that conversation. Um, you mentioned Cole Anthony and Vernon Carey. You have West Coast
1: guys like Evan and Isaiah Mobley at Rancho Christian. Yeah, and that's another point. You got those two guys; they might cancel each other out a little bit. Yeah, on Yaxo Yaxo, only one guy as well yeah, because yeah.
0: they're all playing in the same region. They've yeah. played against each other multiple times. Yeah, so, and that could kind of hurt,
1: like, kind of hurt one of those guys. Yeah, you know, um, two good guys on one team. There's also Scotty Lewis and Brian, Brian Antoine. Mm-hmm. Is that going to hurt Scotty? Like, I know uh, Frank Burleson, our friend, and he's been a longtime voter. He he really likes Scotty, but again, maybe another guy sees a few more rainy games, and, and Brian has a bigger stat. So Brian, uh, you know, just from the high school standpoint, I, I would agree with Frank that he's not the prospect that Scotty is, but, like, Scotty's averaging 16.3 points per game. The team's very good. But Brian Antoine just became the uh, Shore conference where they play in, yeah. the all-time leading scorer in the whole conference. He's averaging 23 points per game. Uh, a little more on Brian Antoine from rainy school. He's uh, only missed one game. His whole high school career, four year starter, and he's only scored under ten points one time. Damn! So just you know, that's and they an play good competition. Yeah, no, for sure, that's insane. So, yeah, so he's a good player. You know, oh, so yeah. does he knock he's off going to Villanova? Yeah, does he knock off his teammate a little bit? So probably. Yeah, you know, so so you, you, you got you got some of that. Some yeah. of that comes into play where you play at who's come before you. There's a lot of factors where right, you started.
0: Yeah. There's an interesting one here. I just looked at on, on the, on the computer here, Anthony Edwards. Yeah. His team's 11 and 13. Am I reading that yeah. properly?
1: At to that point, when I sent out the ballot, he was They're 11, 11 and 13, 13. When you sent that ballot out. Correct. So they might be 12 and 13 or right. 11 and 14. But for a whole there's still,
0: note. they're still going to be under 500 regardless. Yeah. Uh, 26.7 points per game, 8.7 rebounds per game, 2.5 assists per game. Yeah. Uh, shooting 38% 30%. from three. That's pretty, pretty good. Um, yeah. I mean, Anthony Edwards is one of the best players in the country. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. But does it, the fact that his team is 11 and 13 hurt his stock in th- this kind of voting, in my opinion? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I w- my, it does, for me. Yeah. What do you, what do you, what's your I, take on I that? I would agree.
1: Um, I think it is going to hurt him because I, I looked at him as one of the most talented players on this, uh, this group. And Anthony, just this past Monday, he uh, committed to the University of Georgia, Tom mm-hmm. Crean. Over Florida uh, State. K- Florida State and Kentucky. Some people thought maybe go to Kentucky. You know, he'd get off there, but no, uh, he canceled his trip to to Florida State. He's yeah. official, he'd been there obviously a few times, and he went with the hometown school. So that was the big get. Tom Crean's best recruit ever. Now, Tom Crean had Dwayne Wade at Marquette and he had some good classes at Indiana, but from a prospect and where he at now Anthony Amherst was way above Dwayne. Yeah, Dwayne Wade, Wade. Wasn't, Wade wasn't highly yeah. ranked like that. No, he was not highly not ranked. Top,
0: top in, in, not the top player in, not not even the top 10 player in his class.
1: Yeah, so you got to look at, um, yeah, and that's a famous story, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Dwayne didn't really start for the Illinois Wolves all the time. But Anthony, you know, I think he's going to have to close strong. He's going to maybe have to be MVP of one of these games, whether it's M- McDonald's, um, that type of thing, to get, Really like right. at this, the top. This comes
0: out after McDonald's All American Indian. game, Nike Hoop yeah. Summit, and the Jordan yeah. Brand game. Yeah, we try and to give the voters. You take those into account. Big time. Okay.
1: Yeah, so we try to tell the voters, go all the way to the end because a lot of these awards don't. They hand them out, the season's not even over. And, you know, it's funny, uh, some of the ba- the ballots are coming back. A Neko Kongu's on a couple. Obviously, we've talked about him from Chino Hill. He's not a. Didn't make the McDonald's game. He's having a very good year compared to as good as last year. His team is not as strong. No, uh, now no. they're eighteen and nine. They won and they play tonight they play, uh, or this week. You know, uh, and then what would be the quarterfinals of the Southern Section playoff. So he's having big numbers. Um, to give you a little history of the award, last year's winner was was the Montverde player who's now at Duke and his teammates with the guy who was the runner up. It was Mr. Lefty, Mr. Genovely. I call him obviously R.J. Barrett. You know, it's funny to talk about that. Uh, and I think the, the panel did a good, great job of looking at closely last year because Zion, Zion was runner-up, right? Yeah, Zion yeah. was runner-up, and he was unofficial runner-up, or you're the guy who got the second most votes and the guy who came in in most people's ballots, and they did a good job because I was telling him he missed 10 games, guys. He sat out 10 games for various injuries. Uh, he closed strong, but, um, you know, that R.J. Barrett's team went undefeated, they won the national championship, and I think that goes back to your point. I'm not sure that you think RJ is better than Zion, but last year, in your if you were in the, that shoes, you would have probably voted RJ Barrett for sure. You know because the he missed ten games, he, his team wasn't as good, and right, and that's okay. You know, so I think that's going back to Anthony Harris. He's a little bit of in that boat. Yeah. Me,
0: uh, me scrolling this list, yeah. um, I think the person who stands out most is Isaiah Stewart. Uh, La Lumiere, yeah. number one team in the country. Yeah. They're 27-0. His stats aren't like eye-popping. Like yeah. 17.5 points per game, 11.8 rebounds per game, and yeah. three and a half blocks. Those are great numbers. Yeah. He's shooting 60% from the field. But again, your number one team in the country, 27-0. Obviously, things might change with that at the Geico Nationals. Correct. When, when that happens in New York. Yeah, April 4th um, through April 6th. April 4th through 6th. Uh, yeah. if, if they're able to win out at Geico and, and, he's and monster, yeah, is a monster and they... End the season as the number one team in the country, a perfect record. How do you not take the best player on the best team? That's what yeah. that's my that's my view on any MVP, NBA, yeah, NFL, you know, anything like it. Best player, best player on the best team, most important player on the on the best team. Yeah, it, it, that's how I look at it.
1: And we talked about it a little bit that last week, Sunrise Christian Academy. They have Nafali Dante and Wasatch are big, strong teams, and um, LaLamir was able to grab three or four offensive rebounds against was wasatch and beat them by a point i mean literally they were down six points and just kept right, rebounding buzzer. kept rebounding and and you look at isaiah stewart they also have gerald drumgool who recently committed to uh pitt, pitt and yeah. uh keon keon brooks jr and that's a, probably the best front line yes. in the country <laughs> those are that's some big dudes right yeah there. it's a big strong guy so isaiah's kind of the, the ringleader there he obviously he's going to washington um, another pair of teammates that are doing good, and they've only lost two games, and they've only lost to LaLamir. So again, that points to back to Isaiah Stewart. Looking at Isaiah Stewart is Precious Achua, McDonald's All-American from Montverde, and his teammate who's kind of coming on now. People like him. Some juniors are getting looks. Is is Kate Cunningham? I love
0: Kate Cunningham. He Cun- is
1: so good. You know, he's twelve points a game, six rebounds, six assists, but he does a lot of great things. And for for a team that 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 deep, when they have guys that are D one on the bench, his stats are not going to wow you. You can't but measure what he yeah. brings to the floor, though. You can't measure what he brings From to the game floor. From game-to-game basis, yeah. consistency, defense, both sides of the floor, IQ, yeah.
0: leadership qualities. Kate Cunningham, remember had the, the Pangos Law American camp? I mean, he's just yeah. – when you, when he's on the court, he just c- commands attention and commands respect of his teammates, which which is huge at the high school level and the college level, and especially at the, at the NBA level with all those egos floating around. Kate Cunningham, he's one of my favorite players to watch in the country.
1: Yeah, uh, I would think so as well. Kate Cunningham does ha- – does have a vote or two he's not going to be high on the list this year but i think he might be a uh, next year next year he might be like you know one of the guys who are going to be in like the national player of the year uh category like early so, preseason season yeah, kind of pre and that's always the thing where you start how you did before all that matters what you do in the summer who you played with it's all a culmination and um you know again talking about the history of it in 2016 we had probably the talented guy Josh Jackson versus the guy who came made little from the rear, uh Alonzo Ball, and then his team started winning. And at the end, they were both on the same amount of uh ballots and they were also had the same amount of points. I think at the time it was 89 because people like a few other guys in that class. And How so the, you do the first tiebreaker break- the first tiebreaker was whoever appeared on the most um first place votes. For a ballot, so it was six to four, Lonzo. So Lonzo won. I'll never have a tie, guys. Whenever I do anything, I'll never have a tie or a co. I'm just. <laughs> we got gonna, we got yeah. a thousand tiebreakers available yeah. if yeah. needed. Yeah, we'll talk about some tiebreakers here in a, in a few minutes. On yeah, we else. are definitely going to talk about some tiebreakers. But I, you know, it came down to that close, and it's you know he was the winner in in 2016 and in 2015. I always like to bring that up, and it goes back to your points about liking the stats and winning. And and that translating over usually that translates, um, you know, winning that type of thing. Stats don't obviously for college, but uh, Ben Simmons was the winner. He was the unanimous winner the whole season. Um, Nobody else voted anybody else number one. But it's interesting because Jalen Brown and and Skylar Bassier, some people thought were the best prospect. And I'm talking to these these ten guys, and we're like, how's everybody's like, how does anybody vote for anybody else like? This guy is so good as a high school player, and he's obviously, you know, a good college prospect. So it's very interesting that he was like the first unanimous guy cut the whole season long. Nobody voted for nobody else number one, but yet other people thought Jalen Brown or or so, Labassier was a better prospect. So
0: were those people who put Jalen Brown and Scott Labassier right. as better prospects? Were they also voters on the? U.S. Mr. Basketball USA? No, not that. Okay.
1: So that that's what I we were talking right. about. Like, what, what I was just they curious. Seen? Were they yeah. were they ranking them here and then yeah. voting them somewhere differently? else? Yeah. No, it was uh, they okay. were not on the ballot. So it's just very interesting because, uh, yeah, he did have that good of a season. They weren't as good as they were in two fourteen Montverde. I'm speaking of. Uh, they didn't have D'Angelo Russell no more. He was he was off to um he graduated. So Ohio Ben kind of carried the team a little more, and they went and won the whole thing again. So. Kind of goes back to like we, we talk about the production. I think the things that do uh, translate are block shots and rebounding. rebounding. Those yep. are the two things that seem to translate from that level, and then, then that level translate to the and NBA. And passing. Assists are always, yeah. always. Yeah, something. if you can pass, yeah. you know, but it doesn't mean you're going to be like in the same position with guard or you might not have, have. Some guys don't get a lot of, of assists or a lot of. They don't have talented teammates or they have to take over, you know, if they're on a weaker high school team. So, like. Sometimes they have to take over and not you, pass.
0: You remember though. those. Lonzo, when Lonzo was in high school, I kept those blown assist stats yeah. for Lonzo, one of the yeah. only guys that I've ever done that for. Yeah. If I mean, if Lonzo was playing with you know on one of those prep school, you know, loaded prep school teams, I mean, he was averaging over 11 assists a game as a high school player at a public school with yeah. kids from his area. Yeah. imagine what he would be doing if they played that similar style. Correct. At a Montverde or a La Lumiere or something like that, I mean, he'd be,
1: he could average 15. 15 or yeah. 16 assists a game. Or likewise, he could have been on another team. Uh, maybe he's at Walnut High School or uh, Chino High School, <laughs> Right. you know, Ay- Ayala, Ayala, and he's averaging seven assists and 31 points. 31 points, right. So it it goes back and forth. And it's very interesting you mentioned that because I remember we were keeping track of the stats, and obviously, uh, you know, I'd work with Cal High and the Cal High Sports Record Book. We keep the official state record book. Um, So we were tracking it closely because he was always being compared to Jason Kidd in his stats. Mm-hmm. We talked about that recently. Uh, I tweeted some stuff about that. You know, they were very, very close in statistics their whole career and their whole way through. And and Lonzo ended up being the all time assist leader in the state by like literally five or six assists. And if he didn't have that one tour monster games, we got 22. He had 22 at Hoopaw against Bam Adebayo's team. <laughs> and he had another like 18 point assist, 18 assist game. That a couple that we were at for that so was a he battle zone, yeah. yeah. If he didn't have those 18 assists games, yeah, he wouldn't have been the all time leader. It's, it was that close, and those were all legit, yeah, like yeah, ha- pass directly to a shot, assist. yeah. Because I remember I, I told Frank and I said, Frank, he had 22 assists at at against uh, a of the Bios team. He goes, No, yeah, me and Tom Kachowski took them because we wanted there were gonna, we didn't want that variation, like you said, of people. And then, you know, I checked with Steve Bake and, and he had 22 assists as well. So that was those four or five games put him number one in the state and you know he also had like 1200 rebounds and so did jason was in that number they both averaged about nine again for their career and jason scored a little more points jason had a 26 62 the state record is still demarcus nelson number two is uh darnell robinson from high school all-american from up north and number three is our guy jared lucas jared, from, yeah you know congrats to jared he finished his high school career he lost in the second round of Damian he's uh number all-time in southern section number 3 in the state. So it was that close but yeah, Jason Jason scored more, Lonzo scored like 2300 points. And uh it's funny we talk about points cuz we got another uh candidate. He's Alabama's all-time leading scorer at the high level, the the their major, I guess it would be like a what we'd call D1. He, right. He three he has at at publishing time 3422 points and 1832 rebounds. I mean, he's just dominant. He's a leading
0: and, scorer and rebounder in, in
1: state history. In, in Alabama. State, state history. Yeah. Trenton Wofford. He's had a great year so far. They're team six in the country. So look for that next week, guys, uh, at ballslife.com. You'll see the results. And, you know, like we said, there's some great players that have wanted over the years. Um, you know, the, one of the ones that we look at and we're like, you know, Brandon Jennings won in 2008, Harrison Barnes edged out Jared Sullinger one year. Um, you know, so it's they're not always the the guys who uh, I think it's great to see sometimes when you see that when a guy just has a great high school career and he's not you know Michael Kidd-Gilchrist won one year and I think he deserved it even though Anthony Davis has now gone on to be like the better better player the better player yeah you know he he was on a great high school team so um, you know that should be fun um, that
0: that so that you release the like initial tracker that's yeah. not the final
1: player of the year. year. It's just yeah.
0: a, this first yeah, installment of the kind of, you're going to update it a few times. Every, yeah. So I'll
1: update it again in, in March. And then we'll probably update it either right before the all- national all-star games when all the state championships are done. And then the final one after those, you know, mid-April. And we'll announce it. We'll come up with an announcement date on a later, uh, on a later pod. So, you know, the only one that I like to look at sometimes when we're getting started with the national stuff is, uh, you know, sometimes you learn a lesson by doing stuff like this. I remember a guy who worked with Mark Tennis, where we uh, Student Sports had a, their national magazine, had grown from Cal High, and they had actually was able to get uh, Mike Bibby, who's now the coach at Shadow Mountain in, in Arizona, to talk a little bit about his family and his background. You know, his his father, Henry, was the coach at SC at the time. His mother had a great story to to tell, and they were kind of estranged. And, you know, they had a national magazine to produce, and they had a lot of great photos. They they got a great cover story. So they went with Mike Bibby as the player of the year, which he had 3,000 points. He's the best player ever in high Arizona high school basketball, but... You know they chose him over Kobe Bryant and, and and Mark Learn. He's like Ronnie. Sometimes you just have to do like what the obvious is. Like right. they were trying to be like, don't get quote, cute. cute. They're yeah, trying to get be cute. cute. Yeah. And like this guy's a great player. And hey, he had a great year. He led Arizona to the national championship. The very next year, as a he had freshman. a solid NBA career. Yeah. So, but you know, but, Kobe's the better player. Right. So that, I think that's something you learn over time. You know, especially as you do this longer. So it's it's still very interesting to look at how this transpires. And I would like to see you know like Oneko will probably be a two-time high school all-American and, and we'll see how he does it at SC cuz he's you know people are going to always remember that he's not on McDonald's. Right. So Right. Now let's that can segue us
0: right into um another little probing topic with the CIF selling Section Open Division Playoffs. Um we've spoke about this uh, at length on our podcast and um we're in the meat of the pool play uh for the open division with the 8 seeds going head to head in two different pools. Um, it's the third. So Friday marks the third game, third and final game of the o- open division pool play. Uh, pool a will have, uh, Rancho Verde at number one, Rancho Christian and number eight, Bishop Montgomery at number five at Awanda Uh, pool B will have number three Corona Centennial at number two, Sierra Canyon. Uh, that's going to be played at Calabasas high school and number seven, Mother day at number six, St. John Bosco. Now pool B, has kind of the tri- more traditional cut and dry uh, scenario. Scenario. It's yeah. if Corona Centennial beats Sierra Canyon, they're in the CIF Southern Section Open Division championship Final. game. Correct. If Sierra Canyon beats Corona Centennial, they are also they will be in the championship game for the Open Division, um, and they'll be the
1: only team that finished a pool three and zero.
0: Right, the only team in the entire pool that finished a pool three and zero. If uh, they win. right, yeah. so that that renders the modern day uh, St. John Bosco game kind of irrelevant. Unless you're going to look at it as a de facto Trinity League championship game. both uh John Bosco, Yes. Both St. John Bosco and Mater Day finished the Trinity League at 4-1. and one. Bosco beat Mater Day. Mater Day was without Ryan Evans, uh, who is their best shooter, top scorer, very good defender. Um, so I- I'm thinking while it doesn't really mean anything as far as who advances to the Southern Section championship game. On the 23rd. February the 23rd, 23rd. Right. Cal yeah. Baptist. It means something for those guys.
1: <laughs> yeah. Definitely, that <laughs> game means that's a game I I like because I'm looking yeah. at these pools and I'm like, you know, there's so many scenarios in the other pool, pool a, You know, yeah, the, we'll get into that. Yeah, you know that it's like you know these teams in the training league. They were obviously some great teams. Um, you know, as you watch this, as you are you listen to the pod on this one, you know, Santa Margarita is playing Damien. So either they're done or they advance, and they had a great season. You know, Olu, Jay Sarah's out. Yeah, Jay Sarah's out. O, Olu's playing at Mayfair. Playing against Josh Christopher and the and the guys over the Mayfair Monsoon. So they, that was a that was good to follow all season. And now it comes down to a a league championship in a pool play game in the playoffs. So if you live in <laughs> are you listening to us and you live in Texas or Alabama or Florida, what in the world? Or it's right. a pool play for a league? league title. T- a league title, but it's but it's you, meaningless you, as far as yeah, who's advancing. Who's advancing yeah. So just so you guys know, the winner of pool A plays the winner of pool B, but there's not games Meaning the second place finisher is not playing the second place finisher. Right. The third is not playing the third. They wait until they get into the regional tournament, which is the following week after the 23rd. So, you know, those, those other six teams have to wait. Right. They get a couple weeks off. Yeah. They get, you know, yeah, almost basically almost two weeks yeah. off. So let's. So talk up a little bit about Poulet. Yes. Poulet is
0: interesting. So who gets in? Everyone's one and one right now, everyone's beating up on everybody. Um, So. If Rancho Christian and Etiwanda win on Friday, Rancho Christian is in.
1: And then that would be the matchup, yeah, that most people think, you know, them Sierra, Canyon, them Sierra or Canyon or, or, or them the Corolla and Centennial.
0: And Centennial, right. Uh, if Rancho Christian and Bishop Montgomery wins, Bishop Montgomery gets in because Bishop Montgomery has a head-to-head victory over Rancho Christian in the very first pool play game. Correct. Uh, which was one of the bigger upsets, well, the biggest upset in pool play. I thought Bishop Montgomery should have been seated higher, but... Um, that's probably for another pod. Um, if Rancho Verde and Bishop Montgomery win, Rancho Verde is in, and if Rancho Verde and Edowanda win, Edowanda in. So literally wow. anything
1: can go can happen here. Is this, is this, and is and this, you got to follow. I mean, Twitter's just going to be people are going to be oh, wanting yeah. updates like crazy right. because they can't. Everybody's at a whole site, so they're going to say, "Well, what's going on with Edowanda? What's going on with Rancho? You know, what's going on with Bishop?" It's gonna be insane in a way, and then but it's also maybe gonna be like, oh man, I, what does this all mean? You know. So does, is this
0: is this a good result for the pool play format in your opinion, or is this a bad result for the pool play format? Um, How this all
1: played out. I when you say good or bad, I think when you're saying that attendance. Now I know we've had some rain here in Southern California, and people lose their mind. It doesn't seem like these games have been well attended, and I think that's the point of. The southern section and, well, and the state wanting. And a lot. The, the top four seeds the are all out in yeah. bumfuck Egypt. For yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the games are yeah. far apart. Yeah. Yeah, there's no regionality to it. And it's on a Wednesday or Thursday. Like, you know, we do some, some TV work, Devin, obviously, in, in various capacities. And sometimes the guys, like, you know, Temecula Valley has to play at Valencia, Valencia. Magic Mountain. Man, that's. <laughs> that's three hours. Yeah, it's rain, ridiculous. that's that's ridiculous. Yeah, you just I think I think that's the bigger problem that people are not talking about. I know you can tweak the, the 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 format. You can make it a bracket, make it a pull. I just think the travel is just so much harder than it used to be. The the freeways are packed constantly. Yeah, so it's very hard. You have to you have to you know work your whole day around that. So and and people don't completely understand this pool play. I, I think if both teams. One of the, both teams meaning one and one A and A, one and B went three and, and three and o, I think people would be like, That's what okay, great. Right. I get the champ. I think that they're all one and one in that second pool. Yeah. I, I, I don't think that's great. Because I don't think people they uh, pull play, isn't that like a tournament? What you know. A couple of guys have called me from out of state say how how's this gonna advance to the regional? They don't they quite don't understand. I'm saying from a broader perspective. Yeah, now yeah. if you if you're local and you follow these teams in day in and day out, I think you, you kinda get it, but yeah. If you're just following high school basketball in general, maybe you live in Texas, you live in in Michigan, Illinois, you're going, what's going on here? So I, I'm not sure. I think the jur- the jury's still out.
0: We'll see. I mean, if if Rancho Christian and and Sierra Canyon end up playing each other in in a rematch in the CIF Southern Section Over Division Final, I think it makes sense. Or Corona Centennial and Rancho Christian. Um, but if Bishop Montgomery advances to the title game, they're they're
1: the eighth seed. Doesn't that I mean kind of <laughs> looks weird, right? Yeah, because and, and also they advanced. And they didn't go undefeated in the pool. Right. That's what looks. If they're the A-seed, lost the game and advancing to the championship game. Yeah. That looks was, that's yeah. gonna look a little odd. Yeah. So um, that well again, that's four scenarios. And, and and Devin, any of those four scenarios can happen that you mentioned. Yeah. It's All not like I, I think the bigger overarching thing is Rancho Christian played Sierra Canyon a few weeks ago. It was a big game, one versus two, and then you jump right into the playoffs, and the winner of that game. Rancho Christian lost right away. Yeah. And people are going, oh, man. So (laughs) now from a ranking standpoint, you know, what do you do? Do you now drop Rancho behind Sierra Canyon? Well, they just beat him four days earlier. You can't do that. Correct. So but you can't move Bishop Montgomery all the way above Sierra Canyon. And and, because in that case, Bishop Montgomery can say, wait a minute, we beat Sheldon. So... You can do shit move Sheldon all the way up. But what you can do is you can you take know,
0: you can take undefeated Silesian from Richmond and put, and put them in them at number, number one. one. Correct. Which pissed off us our guy Eric who Sondheim. was yeah. all over your ass about that. And that's <laughs> what explain I explain yourself. To, I was
1: trying to get to that. Like <laughs> explain you had, yourself. You had three two scenarios. Silesian goes from three to one. Because obviously Rancho Christian and Sarah did deserve to be one and two. They played no th- doubt. tough schedules, national schedules, they played each other. So what do you do now that Rancho Christian has lost his next game after winning that game, which, in essence, rendered it meaningless? Do you jump now Sierra Canyon to number one as the defending champions, defending open champions, Salesian two, and Rancho three? Or do you now jump Salesian? So I looked at it, and I said, okay, Bishop Montgomery just beat Rancho Christian. Yep. Well, guess who beat Bishop Montgomery? Sheldon. Well, guess who boat raced Sheldon out of the Salesian. building? Silesian. So Salesian's <laughs> undefeated. They won a tournament in South Carolina. They beat Curry of Chicago, uh, the best team in Chicago. They're 26, 27 and 1. Handed them their only loss. So they just, I think they played just enough good teams that they deserve to be the one. And I think that's the bigger orch. Overarching thing is if Salesian is not playing one of these teams in the, state, in the final, state final, yeah. I think you're gonna it's gonna be a big bummer and downer. I not nothing against Sheldon, nothing against I think the build up, people want to see that build up. Oh, Salesian's 34 and 0. Wow, can they knock off you know Sierra, Sierra Canyon? Canyon, Canyon you know, can Christian. they knock off Rancho Christian? Yeah. Can they knock off Bishop Montgomery? I think I you know from that standpoint, from the fan standpoint, I, I let's see if that happens. I think it that's needs the, to ha- it, it needs to happen if they want, want any a big gate, a big crowd. Any kind of crowd. Yeah, because I think you know a rematch of Sheldon and Sierra Canyon at uh, the Golden and, One Center in Sacramento. Yeah, it's
0: not, it's not yeah. going
1: to draw. Yeah, you, well, you down here it would. You want people from the Bay Area, meaning the North Bay, East Bay, to come support Richmond to and see feel they like can, they have a yeah, chance to, so they can knock off the big yeah. South California power. So that's where that went. I I have a uh, Salesian now at whatever twenty seven and zero up to eight in the Fab fifty. Rancho Christian ten. Obviously that'll change next week depending on what happens here. Um Sierra Cannon only dropped a couple spots. I had to drop Sierra Cannon because obviously um it's kind of weird they haven't lost in the pool, but Rancho Christian just lost. So you know, <laughs> take that, Sandy. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's one of those things where you just hope that, like and Son Harmer, I think, kind of chimed in on that. He's like, Let, let's hope so you know, Salesian and the fans get a good show at the state final. Cause he obviously wants to see fans at the game. And yeah. I know he's been tweeting about that the most, you know, where are the fans, where are the fans? Where are the fans? So fans come out and support if you can. And uh, Devin, why don't you talk a little bit about what you think is going to happen uh, in that pool?
0: Predictions, predictions, predictions. Let's have some fun with this. So yeah. in my selfish nature, uh, I want to see Sierra Canyon and Rancho Christian, uh, the two best teams with the most talent. Uh, I think it would, okay. th- that game got kind of testy, so I think it'd be fun to see that again and see that rematch. Um, wh- looking at these scenarios, Etiwan is at home against Bishop Montgomery, and they're they're super tough defensively. Rancho Christian is at home against Rancho Verde, so I, I do think I do see Ediwanda and Rancho Christian winning, which means Rancho Christian would go. Um but I think Bishop Montgomery, I mean, they beat Rancho Christian on the road, but they, they have a chance, yeah. They lost to Rancho Verde by 8 at Rancho Verde. They, they put some miles on those cars and buses, man. Yeah. Shout out oh to Doug Mitchell God. and his fan base. Three the last 3 games they've gone from Torrance to Temecula from Torrance yeah. to Moval and from Torrance to, to Rancho Cucamonga yeah.
1: think about that yeah that's and that's what happens when you're the AC <laughs> <laughs> that's what happens when you're the AC so uh, but I mean Bishop Montgomery has the track record it honestly it's funny because you're talking about that one versus two matchup Bishop Montgomery beating Rancho is not that huge of an upset no, it isn't. in the overall scheme of things
0: I did a couple podcasts and the, the host of those asked me who who do you think is going to be the surprise team and I said Bishop Montgomery of course I they thought got they were the underseeded yeah great guard play great yeah. coaching yeah. solid uh, role playing they've been there big before men, yeah. and they've all been there before yeah so it's very interesting I think so I can see them I can see them
1: doing this again and making this other section wow. open final I really can that's interesting so I think that's probably the game that's like wow the you know, Edgewood is hosting Bishop Montgomery Edgewood plays really well at home they have a pretty good crowd base they the fans come out and support them they play tough. Uh, you know, I can see Etiwan as a, I would say is like a three- to four-point favorite, but there's no doubt Bishop Montgomery doing that. A three-, a get,
0: three to four-point favorite, both those teams go through spells where they struggle offensively. offensively correct. Like That could be big. For like five-minute yeah. spells, where sometimes it's like two to four, or maybe even zero points for, you know... For either team, yeah. Four to five minutes. So that I think it's going to yeah. be a low-scoring game. I think it's going to be in the low 50s, 50s, high 40s. Yeah. Something like that. That's what
1: I'd see when I'm watching Etiwanda. Yeah. Yeah, so they could go either way. A, they're going to win with a tough D. You know, I remember last year at the regional, they they held Fairfax to a really low amount. And a, a pretty good Fairfax team that could score with Ethan Anderson, Jamal Howard, they, they just, they were, it's, they stumped up. Yeah, yeah. they stymied them. So I think. What do, what, what do you think? What do you think is going to happen? So looking at this, I think Rancho Christian is hosting. Yep.
0: Ran,
1: yeah. Ran, Rancho. Rancho Verde. Verde. I think they're going to probably win that game. Okay. So then the second game, boy, is a toss-up. I'll go with Rancho Verde uh, losing to Rancho Christian. Yep. And then I'll go with Etiwanda at home. So you, because yeah. they're at home, yeah. I just think that two or three points would be the difference, or they'll they'll make enough good defensive plays. But I wouldn't be surprised at all if Bishop McGovern yeah. wins. So so then, at, at the end, it would be Rancho Christian going, correct? Correct. And they would play against, on the other side, the winner of Corona Centennial, Sierra Canyon. Sierra Canyon's already beat them at home, and they got to go again, so... Again, Josh Giles' teams has to go from Corona the ninety-one and fifteen all the way to Calabasas. Oh Calabasus. Thing, you know? and, That's the thing, nightmares yeah, are made of, man. Yeah, so they lost by fourteen or thirteen points in the first game. Yeah, I something think, like that. You know, they'll play a little better, but I, I think Sierra, Sierra Canyon probably is the a nice favorite to go three and zero in advance. Yeah. So I think your scenario will Rancho Christian Sierra Canyon meet again, and then probably potentially again. And again, and, and if and they, they don't lose, if they lose, if one of those teams lose, then you have a scenario where they might be on the same side of the bracket of the regional right. and play again, but in the regional semifinal semis. semis. So wow, you know that's, they won't be in the <laughs> they're final. They're going to play three games this, this I year. At some think point, they might play three games. Uh, just go over the quick. The, the, the let's go over quick the uh, SoCal Open, Devin, Obviously, we don't have to talk about the North because it's Salesian or bust. Right. Um SoCal, you know, are they? Do you think they're going to take Foothills Christian as one of those teams of the eight? Obviously, they're going to take four. Now, our guy Frank and others have now been said, and they did it in volleyball. They took more than four from the southern section for the first time. Yeah, the normal the normal breakdown, yeah. this
0: is for the state or SoCal regional, regional for the state, state playoffs. Yeah, The usual breakdown is four southern section teams, uh, the two best city teams who make the city championship, and then yeah. the two San Diego section sure. teams who make the championship. Correct, because they've been putting central section in the north. Central section in the north. Yeah. Um, this year... Based on what I've seen in the San Diego area, um, I think if the San Diego section open division final is between St. Augustine and Foothills Christian, I think they take both of them because I think they're the two best teams in San Diego.
1: And they're they're competitive. They played they've tough they They played schedule. up here against yeah. southern
0: section opponents and played them tough. Tough, yeah. Um, if, say, Torrey Pines or Mission mm-hmm. Bay make a run... I don't see them... They're not going to take these runner-up. I see another, either yeah. one or two more... Southern section. Southern section teams into the state pool. So that creates
1: a scenario where we see more and more rematches, and then you think the and team... And we're tired.
0: I mean, I'm tired of that shit. Yeah, well,
1: not just that, Devin. You then you, the, the team that maybe is weaker or lesser has a better chance to win. If you keep seeing the same team yeah, over... Yeah, no, for sure. The, the, the team it's that's lost... It's hard to be
0: a team more than three, four, three, four
1: times, <laughs> times a year. I mean, yeah. and what, how much more scouting can you do? It's just yeah.
0: now, now it's time to roll the ball out. Now it's know. just attrition. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: who's going to have the guts... Who has the uh, fortitude to pull it out? So I'm kind of with you. I think it's a 60 40 deal that Sierra Canyon and Rancho Christian will play again. I I think Bishop McGurry has a chance. I don't see a scenario right now. I think Rancho Verde. Is a little bit of the team that would be the big the upset if Scranton Verde gets if Scranton Verde
0: yeah I agree I agree if Rancho Verde if gets, gets in the there. Southern Section Open Finals that's a that's a, that's one hell of a ride for Coach Brandon Baker yeah. and hey and but shout I mean, out to them they're tough yeah they are tough and Jackson Turner I mean he, yeah. he can Torrey, make anything those happen guys can you they can know make anything happen they're they're, they're a different tough. team man if they get hot from the outside they, yeah they if may those, be able to do it because they they defend man they defend better just as good as Bishop and and do
1: yeah they do they you know they've had a great year so. I think they have a twenty percent chance to, you know, twenty okay. to twenty five percent chance. I think Rancho Christian Prize is about sixty, yeah, and then you know Mission Montgomery's in there about forty five or somewhere. In okay, there. that's the way I would break it down. I hear
0: you. I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. All right. Well, that that'll do it for today's or today's episode eleven of the In the Paint podcast presented by Ball is Life. Thanks again for tuning in um, to the pod and listening to the. Stuff we have to say, whether you agree or not, we appreciate your ears. And be sure to, you know, check us out on SoundCloud and subscribe on iTunes so you can be up to date with the latest episode. Uh, Ronnie and Devin, checking out.